Hello, everyone. How's it going? Good to see you all. Great to see you all. Hey, Charlie, do you mind bringing the lights back up? Thanks, man. How are we doing? There's like sliders on those three, yeah. You got it, you got it. Awesome. All right. Hey, you all, you all seem in good spirits, but I want to take one minute to just like breathe, all right? Take a minute, close your eyes with me. This is not something weird, just breathe deep, let it out. We breathe in His grace, we breathe out His praise. All right, cool, awesome. It's that point in the semester, for sure, all right? Um, so, uh, when I was in high school, way back when, um, we, had a, we didn't have like one big building, maybe this is like normal, but we had a bunch of other buildings that we would walk between in classes, kind of like here, but smaller. Anybody else have a place like that, or were you all in like just a building? Some of you? Okay. Anyway, because of that, um, you get there in the morning, and the, the like freshmen and sophomores typically didn't have anywhere to go. So there was this big quad in the middle of all of them, and like three to 500 freshmen and sophomores would just all be like piled into this quad in their little clumps of groups and cliques and things like that. And one of the years, I don't remember which one it was, I was either a freshman or sophomore, somebody got hold of some stink bombs. You guys know where I'm going with this? You got all these like big groups of people, and nothing clears a group of 500 or so freshmen and sophomores like a stink bomb thrown in the middle of them. Um, and that was like an ongoing thing that happened over the course of this, of this year. You know, you'd be, you'd be just talking, hanging with your friends, and you'd hear, and then it would just hit you. This massive just influence would come over you, and you would be like, I got to get out of here kind of thing. This was like all year round. And even though I, as far as I know, no one ever knew actually who was doing this. It was very covert. Their influence was felt in a massive way, even though we never knew who it was. There was a silent destruction, but it was powerful. Um, They made their presence felt. Different story. My wife, Erin, has this really, really, really interesting spiritual heritage um, so her family kind of going back a few generations, like three generations or so, um, basically none of them were connected to church. None of them were followers of Jesus. That was like, like their family was not in that place. I know a lot of you have told your stories and some of you may, may be in that place now where you're like first generation. Um, but there was one, one time where God like there's this moment where God really got a hold of her, her aunt and her uncle, her Aunt Judy and her Uncle Ray, and they were saved. And from that point on, their like sole goal in life was to be an influence within their family. They got a pretty big family. And there's these story after story where Judy and Ray would like talk to their family and would share what was going on with them and would like let them know what God was doing in their lives. They, there was a point and 
I think he's fine. He, my, I was talking to my, my father-in-law the other day. Aaron's my wife, if I didn't say that. Um, I was talking to my father-in-law the other day, and he's pretty open about his past, and he was like, I was in a drunken stupor on the floor, and my sister came in and was like, how you doing there? And he's like groaning. You want something better? Like, and she was just like in it as far as like bringing the gospel and being an influence in their family. And little by little, God got a hold of her family, and I, I get to feel the repercussions of that to this day, even in my kids, of seeing that heritage of faith because of the influence that they exerted on behalf of the kingdom of God. Tonight's about influence, um, specifically the opportunity and the, the privilege that it is to be an influence for Jesus in the circles that we run in, in the places that you are. Um, there's a mission statement. We, we talk a lot about, uh, like, we often are like, hey, we're here, CSF, we're here to seek God, serve others, and engage the campus, and we want to help you all with that. We say that a lot. The actual mission statement of CSF is to be a powerful and pervasive influence for Christ on campus and beyond. That's like our purpose here, is we want to be a powerful and pervasive influence for Christ on campus beyond. I didn't really mean to, for this to even be a part of tonight, but it's just part of it because it's in, in the DNA of what we do here. Um, that's the mission statement. And even though there may not be like a direct quote from Scripture where it's like, Jesus is like, be a powerful and pervasive influence for, like that, we don't get that, okay? The pages of the Bible drip with that idea to bring the kingdom of Jesus into the corners of the world, into the places that we are inhabiting to every corner of the world. And, and that's what we're really like discussing tonight, specifically our circles of influence and the people that we engage with and the places that we are. Um, I think a lot of times that the idea of influence or like um, you being able to have a voice, I don't know, I don't know all of you, I don't know your, your, what's going on in your minds when you hear that, but I do think a lot of times we kind of like downplay that where it's like, oh, I don't, I don't, like those people do, but maybe not so much me, you know, or maybe it's like, oh, I'm too young. Maybe when I'm a few years older, I'll have influence or when I get this specific role or job or something like that, maybe I'll have influence. And those are all incorrect. Like you have influence where you are and there may be places or people that have larger forms of influence or broader things, but you each have influence where you are. You have circles of influence. You have places where you are known and you know people and you have the ear of people and people love you. And we never need to downplay the fact that we have a voice to bring the kingdom ways, the way of Jesus into those places because we can, we can do that. Um, so don't downplay yourself. You know, I, I, have the, I have the privilege and responsibility to be able to have, like, influence here as my role. And other places, God knows why. You know, like, those are the things. I, I have those. But even if all I had was influence within my family, with my wife and my kids, that would be a massive responsibility and a massive blessing to even just have that and to be able to share Christ in those places and see where that goes. And so if I can get anything across tonight, it's that you have influence in your circles, and we all have the ability to be an influence for the kingdom. And if we're followers of Jesus, we have a responsibility to be that. 
Um, so I want to pray, and then we'll jump into this a little bit. Um, uh, Jesus, I pray for like enlightened eyes <laughs> in a lot of ways to see the opportunities before us um, and to never to never act like you know someone someone or some place is a is a project or anything like that, but to like desperately want to bring the grace and peace and hope and joy that you bring and have given us the gift of life that you have given us, Lord, and that we would want to just like extend that, Lord, to the places we are. So this, this being a powerful and pervasive influence, um, I do pray that for each one of these, one of these students, Lord, that um, this prayer of like every corner Every corner of the campus is too small of a prayer. Every corner of, of every place that we inhabit, Lord, may you be glorified in that. And I just pray that something tonight, I pray that you would speak, Lord, that something will grab hold of us and help us to know like we are in those places for a, for, for a purpose. Um, so help us, God. And we get distracted. We get tired. Thank you, Jesus, for knowing what it's like to be a human. Um, but, Lord, please just call us into deeper things. Um, we give you this and, uh, and ask you to be, to be moving tonight. Amen. Uh, in terms of influence and why it matters in the world, um, consider this from Jesus. Matthew 9, verses 36 through 38. Jesus sees the crowds. He sees the crowds. They've been, they've been following him around. Um, They're flocking to him and his teaching and his healing and all these things. And he has compassion on them. It's a, <clears throat> excuse me, it's, it's this like, if you ever get sour in the stomach over something, you know what that is? You know what that's like to be like, I am so like distraught over something that I just like feel it here. That's that word. That's this compassion. And Jesus feels that for these people that are following him around because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he says to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out harvest worker, send out workers into his harvest field. Now, take a moment and think about your life and the people that you engage with regularly. Like in your mind, Walk through your days, walk through your weeks for real quick, you know. Who are the people that you engage with that you, you speak to on a daily basis or see in the commons, in university hall, in your dorm room, in your apartment complex, walking across the quad, walking across the campus at Ivy Tech, walking across the campus at Rose Holman, where, you know, wherever you're at. Who are the people that you, you see and engage with on a regular basis? What family members, what friends, what coworkers, what teammates, all these things. Um, you have influence in those places and in lives because you know and are known in those places and those lives. There, there's like legitimate connection in those places that you have. And as followers of Jesus, we have a desire to bring his kingdom into the world. We have a responsibility to bring his kingdom into the world. We have a drive to do that in the, in the places we are. And this looks like letting the kingdom be known and experienced in word and deed. 
It means living out lives of compassion and forgiveness and love and mercy. Um, It means sacrificial acts, and it means generous giving. It means hospitality, and it means taking care of people who are in need. It means sharing the good news that in spite of all the brokenness in the world that God has made a different way and has brought life into dead places. And in spite of us being dead in our sin and separated from God, that he loved the world so much that he gave his only son to die so that we don't have to. Like, he, he has done that. Um, when we pray the prayer, your kingdom come and your will be done from Matthew 5, that, that start to the Lord's Prayer, right, or that part of that Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come and your will be done, it should be paired with an intentionality into the ever-widening circles of influence that we have. This is not some nebulous, like, prayer, like, yeah, your kingdom come and your will be done over, the, over there. You know, that's, I think sometimes we pray like that over there. Please do your kingdom. You know, it's, no, here, here, like where I go, Lord, may your kingdom come and your will be done in those places. Intentionality. We pray it and we live it out. Um, at the beginning of Acts, we see Jesus say these words. So it gets kind of weird timeline, but if we jump into the beginning of Acts, like Jesus has not yet ascended. And it's kind of, we see that story again of how he's talking to his disciples and Luke is kind of talking through this, and it's, it's kind of his version of, of, like, the Great Commission in some ways. So it's, it's really paired with that moment where Jesus, you know, in Matthew has said, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them everything I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always till the very end of the age, and then he ascends. And um, in Luke, he's talking in this way, too, and he's speaking about this, and he says, um, Jesus says this to his disciples, and I believe that it's expanded to us as well. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses, speaking to the disciples specifically, you will be my witnesses to Jerusalem and to all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And I don't know if, I don't know if we need a geography lesson, but like Jerusalem's like capital of you know, Israel where they're at and then Judea is kind of the area around it. And Samaria is this other piece that there's some, maybe some hostilities going on up there, but then the part, uttermost part of the earth, right, is like where we're at right now, basically. Like that's where we're at. Um, and we see that happen. Like in history, this like is a reality that happens, right? Like we, we can track that. We can look at it like in the book of Acts, it has expanded into the very ends of the earth. It's, it's to Rome. It's like past that. Um, it's gone to Ethiopia by the time Acts is over and all these things. Um, but even like world history, we see that, right? We see like we are now here in the ends of the earth doing that. Is it done? No, the answer is no. It's, we're not done yet, you know, kind of thing. We're not quite there. Um, we haven't completed the task yet, which is why missionary service and global evangelism and praying for the gospel to move into unreached people groups and for the Bible to be translated into every language is so important. Those things are so important, and it's not done. Um, Hannah talked briefly about missions and service last week, and I, I want to challenge you that, you know, if you're feeling that call to go, don't sit on it. Don't sit on that. There is a massive need in the world for the gospel of Jesus to be heard 
And some of you may be those people to take it into those unreached places. Pulling back here, though, looking into our personal circles of influence is what tonight's about. Um, and I, I want to look at that. I want to look at this statement metaphorically. Like, if we're going to look at maybe those geographical things, let's think a little more metaphorically tonight for us because we're not in Jerusalem. We're not in Judea. We're not in Samaria. But what is... Ding, 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 ding. What is your Jerusalem? Like, what's your, what's your real close vicinity circle of influence? Like, what does that look like? What is the next expansion out, your Judea and Samaria? Like, what, what are these that maybe, maybe it's a little bit bigger of a group, maybe you don't know them quite so well. Maybe in the case of Samaria, there's even some hostilities that you experience within that circle of influence. Like, what, what does that look like in your life? What is your uttermost part of the earth? Maybe that is the going to somewhere you feel called to. Maybe that's across the country you know, somewhere you don't know, a new place. What are those things? Further and further out. Maybe it's sending, maybe it's giving, maybe it's praying. Our intentionality is what leads our personal kingdom influence to be pervasive. That it has to be intentional. When we pray that pervasive prayer, you know, what that means to kind of look organizationally, when I, when I have that as a mission statement, pervasiveness means like every part of the campus, right? Like we want, we want, the, we want the gospel to get into every part of the campus. Um, that's pervasiveness. And that, that's going to require intentionality. It doesn't just by osmosis happen. Just like I'm just going to sit over here and it's going to flow out there, you know, and everyone's going to become Christians. That's not how we're going to go into it. Our intentionality is what leads our personal kingdom influence to be pervasive. And two things hit me when thinking about that. One is we actually have to care. Like, we, we actually have to care if that's going to be true. Um, not caring is not going to take the gospel anywhere. We have to care about people. Um, if we want to be an influence for Christ, for any other reason than kind of the dual reasons of we want people to experience the love and mercy of God. And two, we want Jesus to be glorified. I think those things go together in that. If it's, if it's anything other than that, like I believe we're off the path. Um, we have to actually care, and this means meeting people with humility and compassion with the influence that we have. Um, my friend that has been hurt badly by people claiming the name of Jesus doesn't need me to read the book of Leviticus to them, right? Like, that's not what they're needing. They're needing me to be there and to consistently show grace and care to them. Um, my friend that is not open to God, but kind of, or is open to God, but is kind of meandering, doesn't need me to rebuke them at every moment of their life. Um, what they need, what they need is for me to live out the kingdom in reality, <clears throat> and to give them space to ask questions about faith and to meet them where they're at in that. My friend that is following Jesus already doesn't need me to do every single thing for them. They need to be put in places where they can practice faith, be challenged when they're acting in sinful ways, but also still be shown grace. You get what I'm saying here? We need to meet people where they're at and care about who they are if we're 
wanting to influence where we are. We have to care, and we have to be genuine in that influence. Um, We also have to remember what Jesus says. He says that idea of you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Um, Our influence for the kingdom relies on the Holy Spirit working in us. Um, I do not think that the old college try is what's going to get influence out there for the gospel. Like, it's the Holy Spirit working in us as well. Um, Jesus calls in John 14, like, the Holy Spirit's our advocate and our helper. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We're told that the person of the Holy Spirit will teach us and remind us the way of Jesus. Uh, A little bit later in John 15, he tells us that the Holy Spirit's going to testify about him to and through us. And there's so much, like, we we can do weeks and weeks and weeks talking about the Holy Spirit. But the kicker here for me in regards to influence for the kingdom is in Romans 8. And it's like mind-blowing if we actually think about this. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. That's, that's kind of weird, kind of crazy. Like, we think about this, and maybe, maybe it's a little too ambiguous, but like, the Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, we're promised if we are in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit lives in us. Like, we don't pay enough attention to that. But the Holy Spirit lives in us and empowers us. And if you're in Jesus, the Holy Spirit lives in you and empowers you. The Holy Spirit working in us and the care we show to others is what makes our influence in the world powerful. Holy Spirit empowers. Our care makes it solid and real. And there's influence there. Um, we want to be a powerful and pervasive influence for Christ on campus and beyond. Um, and beyond means geographically and time-wise. Uh, in a lot of ways, this place is a sending place because we never stop sending. Y'all all keep leaving. You know, what's up with that? Um, and it's, it's good um, and hard. But um, we want to be in, pervasive and powerful in the beyond, too. Uh, real quick, Second Corinthians 2, um, there's this kind of interesting statement that Paul is making, and he says in the midst of this conversation, he says, thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are to God the pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. To the one we are an aroma that brings death, to the other an aroma that brings life. And who's equal to such a task? Unlike so many, we do not peddle the word of God for profit. On the contrary, in Christ, we speak before God with sincerity as those sent from God. Because of God's grace, um, we, when we live our lives in obedience to Jesus, there is this effect of spreading the aroma of Christ. Like, we, we are testifying in that way. Like, he is seen and in Paul's statement, he smelled. Like, this is looking back at, like, a, a Roman procession where there would be incense moving. And kind of depending on who you are, that would mean different things. And that's what he's speaking into there. We act like that incense that is the smell of Jesus in the world, right? Kind of a weird metaphor, but um, interesting. To the one, we are an aroma that brings death. The other, an aroma that brings life. Jesus uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. And if we are intentional 
if we're reliant on the Holy Spirit, if we are caring about those people that we are with, that's a huge thing. Um, this is a call and a responsibility that we have if we're in Christ. Intentionality leads to pervasiveness. Reliance on the Holy Spirit and genuine care for others leads to powerful influence. And it's all for the sake of Christ and his kingdom. Um, and my prayer is that we would be the powerful and pervasive influence for Christ here and in the now, but also in the beyond. Um, we're going to have some questions in our groups um, to talk about that and to kind of hash that out in a little bit more practical way. Um, if you are not in a group, feel free to grab a friend or just grab onto a group and you can join them. But let me pray for you all as you go into that. Um, God, we love you. You are good. Um, and I, I just pray that you move us to want to bring you and to bring kingdom into the places we are. Um, give us hearts that are compassionate. Uh, it's so easy to get numb. It's so easy to get annoyed. Uh, it's so easy to tap out. Um, but I, I pray that in the places we are, that you would begin to give us eyes that see needs. You would give us hearts that feel that just, that compassion and that, that looking of like, there's the sheep without a shepherd feel that Jesus felt, Lord. I, I pray that you show us where those places are and that we can step into them and be salt and light like you call us to be, that we can show who you are, we can speak the good news, that we can say there is a different way. There's a better way. Uh, there's a way of life and, and restoration and healing. There's a way of, of you, uh, of us knowing you and being with you. And, and I just pray that, that that would be real in our lives. Wherever we go, whoever we're with, that we can be an influence for you. Uh, we love you, Christ. Amen.